I'm Grant Pankratz, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hello and Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the Christmas, first ever Christmas episode of the Creative Sheep Podcast. That's right. This is the inaugural Christmas episode, uh, and I'm very excited about it. I I know you can't see us, but we're wearing Christmas hats. Yes. To get in the spirit. Which is quite funny because no one can see us. Yeah, but I, we're, we can see each other. That's and true. It is funny. And it's yours very is funny. Yours is like a tiny Christmas hat. Yeah. It's kind of sitting on top of your head like a... Like a, uh, what's the Jewish hat? A uh, yarmulke. The yarmulke, yeah, kind of looks like that. Well, I have a large noggin. Um, but uh, Santa's Santa's bag is actually You better believe here Santa's well. bag is here. Listen, here. listen I'm, I'm lifting it up right here. You can you can hear. We got, uh, it's very, it's full of gifts. It's full of three gifts uh, that we're going to be opening up later and giving away. Yeah, we're going to be giving away some gifts here in just a little bit. Uh, before we get to that, though, of course, you know this podcast is, is brought to you by creativesheep.org. Oh, is it? Uh, it is, uh, with all of your Christmas needs. Uh, if you head on over to creativesheep.org, if you're wondering what are you going to do for your Christmas Eve service, or maybe you've still got some Christmas services between today and the 25th, uh, hop on over there. We've got some really fun interactive countdowns. That's right. We've got some really great Christmas illustrations. Go tell them. And we've also got Roman. Mm-hmm. Bring the it. Santa Shuffle. Oh, the Santa Shuffle. That's you a good one. You can't go wrong with it. It's a we're fun gonna, song. We're going to teach you how to dance. Play it in your lobby. And you're going to have fun with it. Play it in, the, in, in your service. Yeah. Pl- perform it live. It's called the Santa Shuffle. That's right. And hey, you know what else is very exciting? Tell we, me. Right now, we have 20% off of our entire Christmas collection. That's crazy talk. Yeah. 20% off. Head on over to creativesheep.org uh, for all your Christmas needs. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into the rest of our episode with today's one question. One question. One question, it's time for one question. Well, folks, here's how one question works. It's very, very simple, really. We take one question, and Roman, what do we do with that one question? You know what we do with that question? We answer it, okay? That's all we do. It's simple. Simple. Uh, but here's here's the deal. We had a very oddly specific Christmas question asked. You know, it was very poignant for this time of year. Uh, that's a good word. Uh, they said this. Uh, I'm just reading this here off of a... A piece scroll. Of, piece of paper here. <clears throat> it says, okay, dear Creative Sheep Podcast, thanks for doing a Christmas episode, by the way. That's what they said, not me. They said, hey, are you guys going to give anything away on your Christmas episode? Because it's Christmas, and I want to win something. Signed, anonymous. So, Roman, when you say they, do you really mean you? Yeah. I made that whole thing <laughs> so no up. One, no one took Cats that out in. of the bag. However, uh, the answer to that question is a resounding Yup. Yep. We are definitely giving some stuff away. In fact, we're giving away several somethings today. Yes. Uh, we have for the first thing up for grabs. Yep. Our uh, first you, pr- Christmas you, present of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to enter to win this through social media using the hashtag Creative Sheep. Uh, we are going to give away this first present is a Creative Sheep swag bag. Ooh, that sounds pack, fun. What's in will. there? So, first off, Roman, in the Creative Sheep swag pack, you're going to get a Creative Sheep sticker. Yeah. You can put it on your car, forehead. <laughs> your forehead? Yeah. Sure. That's where I put all my stickers. Uh, your lawnmower. Longboard. Your bicycle. Uh, toilet. Your MacBook. Don't put it on, don't put it on your Probably toilet. Probably don't do that. That's kind of weird. MacBook. That's a better place. You to put, put it on your MacBook. Uh, you could put it on uh, your guitar case. Uh, you really put it anywhere that anything that something can be stuck to. Really, we should probably move on because yeah. you're going to get more than a sticker in yeah, this. Yeah. So you're also going to get a Creative Sheep coffee mug. Ooh, uh, for your old cup of Joe. Yeah, lot, but I'm sure we've got it's a lot of coffee. It's my favorite mug. I drink out of it. 
<laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you drink out of it daily, right? I do, and I love it. It's yeah. my favorite mug. Uh, and then also you're going to get a Creative Sheep t-shirt. Ooh. A Creative Sheep t-shirt. And these t-shirts, they're soft. They're very soft, very comfortable. So here's what we're going to ask of you. Uh, if you would like to win one of these swag packs, I want you to tweet in, Instagram in, or Facebook in, using the hashtag Creative Sheep, the worst present you've ever received. That's right. We want to know the worst present you've ever gotten, so we, we can... We can look at them and say, hey, this person has not gotten a great present. And so we want to give them something. Yeah. We want to give them a good present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, hit us up. It doesn't even have to be Christmas necessarily. No. If it was a birthday. That's fine. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Arbor Day. I don't know. Wh- wherever Random you're getting these, kindness. these presents from. Worst present you've ever received, hashtag Creative Sheep. You're entering to win a, a Creative Sheep swag bag Swag pack, if yeah. I can talk right now. Uh, so the next one here, Roman. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to give something else away. I would love it nothing more to give something else away. So this next one um, is going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Roman has a clue here. I do. I have and a so, clue. So the way this one's going to work is you're going you're gonna to social media us using the hashtag creative sheep. That's right. And, and if you can solve this riddle that Roman is about to give you, uh, we will send you we will send you the, uh, the uh, prize on the other end of this. Yeah, here's the riddle, guys. <clears throat> a strawberry swing will fix you if you say hello to chasing pavements. Mm, interesting. interesting. One more time. Indeed. One more time. One more time, if I can remember exactly. A strawberry swing will fix you if you say hello to chasing pavements. There you have it, folks. Uh, social media us. Using That's the right. hashtag creative sheep. Uh, is that what all the kids are saying? Social is, media? It is. <laughs> and uh, you'll be entered to win whatever that prize is. Roman, I think now we need to go to Santa's bag. I think we should, yeah. Uh, we've got uh, some presents in here. We need to unwrap them here uh, real quick. Yeah, I can't wait. I get to unwrap. I'll unwrap the first one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and bu- just bust on into that. Bust all on right. into that. Rip the, rip the paper just right. Ooh. This one's actually wrapped in Justin Bieber it wrapping is. paper. <laughs> it is. Justin Bieber. Ooh, Look fancy. Oh, my goodness. Fancy. Okay, so here's... Here, here's a, let's do this, Roman. Yeah. This is a uh, uh, rectangular, squared-shaped rectangular, box. It's a little bit larger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go through. Let's give three clues. I think we should. Three yeah. clues. Uh, and once again, you uh, social media us using the uh, uh, hashtag Creative Sheep, and uh, you're entering to win whatever this prize. And you're answering. Is. You're thinking. You're, yeah, you're yeah. trying to guess what it is. Right, right. If you guess it correctly, you'll be yeah. entered. You should to stop win using it. the phrase social media because us, that's, that's not that's really a thing. So, yeah. So here's you, the here's the three clues. <clears throat> Go on. If I may. Office fun. LeBron James. Dunk contest. One more time. Office fun. LeBron James. Dunk contest. That's good. It's mm. real good. I like it. All right. So use the hashtag creative sheep. Answer what you think it is, and you're going to be entered. By the way, all of the submissions need to be in by December 31st, 2015, and then we will select our winners and send out these prizes. Yes, so I'm very we've got we've got one more, one more, I believe, Do down there in one? Salmon's back. You know what? You take it. Okay. You take oh, it. Oh, thank you. You you kind of have some elfish features. What? So I don't I don't right. know. Here we go. Well, this oh. one's wrapped very uh, securely. Once again, in Justin Bieber wrapping paper. I'm not sure who picked that. Let's see what we got here. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. This is interesting. All right, here we go. Okay. Roman, do you have some clues for us on this one? I do. Uh, more, more like a, an age-old tale. Oh, I'm listening. 
back in the early 2000s, Jared. That was a long time there ago. There was a movement happening. Mm. Uh, a movement by a technology company. Uh, books? What's that? Don't need them anymore. Paper? <laughs> they said, we don't want to we don't want to cut down trees anymore. Yeah. We, we want to read books a different way. Mm. Mm. And so that's what this present, it might have something to do with that. <laughs> you know, this podcast is actually all about uh, talking to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Oh, that's right. I think this, this, this prize is going to help some people get better. I like it. Yeah. I think that's a good enough clue. That is a very, very good clue. If you think you know what it is, social media us <laughs> with the hashtag creative sheep. And uh, yeah, you'll be entered to win. Yeah. One more prize we're going to give away. One more. Ooh. We're going to give away another Creative Sheep swag pack. Oh my goodness. Sticker, coffee mug, t-shirt. Once Love again, it. that's two of them total now. Worst Christmas present ever using the hashtag Creative Sheep. You're entering to win this. We've got five things up for grab here. Two Creative Sheep swag packs and three others that we gave the clue on, clues on. If you need to listen to the clues again, hey, you can hit the rewind Just button. Just slide back, y'all. Just yeah. slide it back. That's all you got to do. There we go. So, folks, we are giving these prizes and presents away because it is the Christmas episode. And with it being Christmas, uh, Roman, do, do you have any Christmas wishes? Just one, Jared. Why don't you tell me what that is? I wish that uh, our listeners would subscribe and review this podcast. That's my one wish. Did I take yours? Mm, I respect that. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That, oh, we yeah. had the same wish I this love year. It. Uh, had we pulled a wishbone apart, it would have been the same thing. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> but hey, if you would, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd sure appreciate it. That helps us get in, in front of more leaders like yourself. Uh, but that's all we ask for. And that is actually going to wrap up today's one question. Question, one question, one, one, one question. I just love Christmas. I'm so glad uh, that y'all are listening right now. So thankful for you this time of year. In all seriousness, I am though. And a good reason for you actually to subscribe to the podcast is we've actually got some pretty incredible interviews coming up in 2016. It's going to be a good year for the Creative Sheet Podcast. It is. We're going to kick the year off with an interview with Larry Habatka. He is the creative creative director at Elevation Church, Stephen Furtick's church in North Carolina. I'm especially excited about that one uh, because that is the role that I hold as well. This is true. And uh, he's going to have some really good insights, I think. They do some really cool work, really, really great work for the church over there in It's Elevation. so true. I'm so pumped to get to talk with him. We're also going to be able to hear from uh, Josh Gagnon, uh, Blaine Hogan, Pace Hartfield, Daniel Connell, Peter Haas, Greg Scott. We have got a killer lineup, and that's just to name a few coming up in 2016. Uh, can't wait to dive into these, but hey, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We would love for you to be a part of the conversation uh, in 2016. But hey, let's get to today's interview. I had the pleasure of talking with Grant Pankratz, which if you don't know him, you need to know him. He is an awesome dude. He is the youth pastor of Youth America, which is based out of Church of the Harvest in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, he is just an awesome dude with an amazing heart. And the conversation that I had with him, I just couldn't help but like, I don't know, like it was almost like you could feel Jesus through this guy. It was, awesome. it was really, really incredible. And um, one of the things I loved is one of their missions at Youth America, and Youth America is a big reach. They have a college, a camp, and then, of course, it is their youth group. Uh, but one of the things that they have talked about is how 80%, Roman, 80% of church kids, we're not talking about kids that aren't saved. We're talking about kids that attend church on a regular basis will plan to leave the church when they graduate high school. That's wild. It's crazy, man. Half of them. 
And so they are bent on fixing this problem and getting involved in the life of the youth uh, around Oklahoma City. And some of the stuff they're doing that he'll talk about is absolutely incredible. And so I now, just can, can this this apply? This is a he's in youth, but yes. this could apply across the board, right? Oh, absolutely. The leadership stuff that he talks about and relational aspect of ministry is fantastic. And in fact, I got to hear Grant talk at a, uh, the Youth America Leadership uh, uh, Conference a little while back, and he had this whole message around. Uh, there was a, a, a scripture, and I'm blanking on where this is, but it's in the Bible, I promise. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but about how there's still life in these bones, and just the passion that this guy brings, and his love for Jesus, and how he so badly wants to hear from Jesus and do what God's asking him to do. It was it was just infectious, man. So I can't wait to get to it. I think without further ado, let's get to today's interview with Grant Pankratz. Hey, Grant, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for asking me to be on it. It really is an honor. It's a cool <laughs> thing you guys are doing. Well, thanks, man. Uh, hey, for those out there maybe listening that may not know who Grant Pankratz is, why don't you give us a little background of kind of how you got where you are, what you're doing right now, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, again, first of all, thank you, you know, for having me uh, here and on the podcast. I think what you guys are doing, creativesheep.com, is pretty uh, amazing. And um, I hope that's the right address for the website. I hope I got it right there. It's creativesheep.org, but that's okay. That's okay. Creativesheep.com is actually going to take you to, like, some company over in the U.K. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where they raise creative, creative sheep. Exactly. But, uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, yeah. I'm, so my name is Grant Pankratz, and my uh, my dad actually founded a church 25 years ago called Church of the Harvest. Um, and we grew up. Uh, well, I said we grew up. I was born in a small town in western Oklahoma, about 3,000 people there. We lived in a town called Cordell, and uh, my dad. We moved from there to the city, and that's where my dad started the church that uh, I serve at now, which is called Church of the Harvest. And uh, so I've kind of grown up in the church, uh, done different different roles, different things, a little music here and there, and um, just kind of provided, you know, some leadership wherever wherever I was needed. And um, I'm 30 now, and I've got a wife, Monica, who's just amazing. She's one of the greatest preachers. She's a great preacher, and uh, obviously an amazing wife, too. Hmm. And mother, who uh, are two kids, my son is three. His name's Boston. I've got a five-year-old girl who who has just stolen my heart, and she's five, and her name's Naomi. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool. So Church of the Harvest in Oklahoma City, and um, one, of the, one of the pieces that you help lead there at the church is Youth America. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Youth America, it began as a summer camp. Uh, which still continues to this day. So, and, it's, and my dad started. He started it in 1987. So I would have been three years old um, when he started the first summer camp ever. Uh, so my dad is a—he's a pioneer, kind of just by nature. And he—he he gets on the phone with a bunch of other youth pastors from uh, Western Oklahoma because he's got a little group there of, of youth that he's working with weekly um, at a church there. And he uh, was, you know preaching about, you know, a life living for Jesus, and uh, their their response, you know, this handful of kids that he would have had, maybe 10 kids, would have kind of responded with, like, well, who really lives this way? Like, who really does this? You're telling us all this stuff, but really. So his whole thinking process was, let's just, let me see if I can get a bunch of kids together to see that 
everyone there are actually other young people that you know you're on this journey together and we can do this if we come together so he gets on the phone and gets a bunch of youth pastors together and he's only got a, a group of probably 10 kids but he gathers about 300 uh people for the first ever youth america summer camp back in 87 and that's that's back when uh that wasn't like a cool option yeah. to just start a summer camp or yeah. you know a student conference you know you wouldn't have even known what that meant but so it was truly born out of a uh, a need and so since 1987 the the year after that it grew to a thousand people oh my so it was a total god thing and there was a series of years where we uh, my dad held it at uh, at uh, ORU their campus there um and then he eventually behind our church is a private air park where these small airplanes would, you know, uh, function and you, you know, you, they'd use this air park that was behind us and dad. And I think it was in, uh, 93, 94 purchased it, remodeled it. And, uh, so now it's our campground right behind our church. Oh, wow. And yeah. So, uh, you know, this last summer would have been 20, the 29th summer or 28th, man, I should count that 30 is a big deal. Uh, <laughs> So, but it's going been going for all these years, and it's had its ups and downs. Uh, yeah. Different leaders have have ran it, and it's you know served different seasons of of the church. But it's in a wonderful season now. This this last summer was my sixth summer to lead it, so my sixth year, and so I'm coming up on uh, this will be my seventh year this this summer. Will so, and I, I say that to say it started with the summer camp. Uh, from there. We launched. Uh, whenever I, I, my dad, my dad asked me to take over Youth America and to lead it, you know, immediately one of the things that we both recognized he he knew was missing for a while, but maybe just didn't have the right resources or leader to do it. But was that um, when when they bring when churches bring their students to camp, the leaders and the youth pastors are so stinking hungry for uh, direction, for uh, just inspiration, for really just on and for relationship most of all. So. We talked about starting a leadership conference, um, so we did that year, and uh, it, it's that's another thing that is um, God just blessed it, and it's it's been doing really well. So this November here, and actually about a month, we'll have our sixth year of uh, our Youth America Leadership Conference, and we'll have about a thousand youth leaders and uh, youth pastors and all that together. So there's that part of it that I oversee. We also uh, we start the, again the year I took over. We we kind of also sat down and we're like, why aren't we doing some form of internship or something? So we began an internship that uh, we ran for five years, and then this year we've turned it over, uh, or, or we kind of rebranded it and redid some things, and it's called Youth America College. So uh, we have 60 full-time college students that, uh, so we do that as well. So that's, so, and then the other piece that I oversee is our local youth ministry. So at the end of all that, we're just a church, or <laughs> we're a local church, and <laughs> Uh, I actually think that's why a lot of people like the uh, parachurch things that we do because we are a local we are a local church, so um, they trust probably what we're doing and what we're saying because we know exactly where, where they're coming from, where people are coming from. So, yeah. but I'm just I'm the youth pastor at our church, and so we have five different campuses and I oversee uh, those, and we have a lot of fun, act immature and. That's all I do. <laughs> now you're you're overseeing some really stinking cool stuff. Like the the leadership, you kind of just breeze over this stuff. Like, oh, it's, it's no big deal. But like the leadership conference you've got coming up, like Carl Lentz is going to be there. I saw Whit George is going to be there. Uh, yeah. uh, man, some of the guys from Copper, not Copper Point, is it Copper Point? Yeah, be Copper there? Point. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've got a freaking legit lineup coming to this thing. 
Yeah. Man, that whole thing has just been, uh, it's just been unique. I mean, it's just a, a time, God's just doing something special. I mean, I hate to kind of throw that phrase on it, but it, but it's so true. There's, I mean, I'm not that awesome or I'm not <laughs> that attractive really, but, um, God just kind of has decided to use this whole season. I think that's, it's, the conference feels like it's not just my conference or our conference, which I would never say is my conference out. But it feels like all the guys that come in and they speak and even the guys that attend it, um, it feels like it's our conference. Um, so all throughout the year, everybody who's speaking at it is just talking about it and promoting it to people all throughout the year because we just wanted to create an environment, a leadership conference that uh, some of the stuff that people will say about Youth America Leadership Conference is probably in direct contrast to what you'd say about most leadership conferences. What do you mean by that? Um, well, number one would be that people just rave about when they come here, they feel like there's no, uh, I hate to say this, A-list, B-list, C-list thing at all, um, that there's uh, a environment where no one really feels judged or it's really not about how big your church is or where you came from or any of that. It's kind of leave all that stuff behind, leave that on your uh, social media, and just enjoy the presence of God, enjoy friendship, um, just enjoy one another. And that was the biggest thing we wanted to do is, is have a have a gathering where it's like, gosh, if we could all just let all that stuff go and not come into a conference trying to analyze or simply uh, gain strategy. Well, that you know, well that wasn't good. We shouldn't do that. Or that was amazing. We should do that. It's like. Let's let let's put all that aside. Let's just have a lot of stinking fun. First of all, we don't do anything at the conference that's like super serious or <laughs> all of our creative elements. There's nothing that's serious or life changing about them. They're all just pure comedy. Just to, we want to laugh a lot. So yeah. it's creating an environment of just uh, you know we want to laugh a lot and we want to seek God. And then there's some strategy in it for sure. I mean, there's some things that we'll have people say that you know so you can take back some practical things, but. Um, it's amazing. You know, one of the things that I see when I go to leadership conferences, and again, I'm not trying to say ours is just the, well, I guess maybe I am trying to say ours is the best, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, one of the things I always pick up on, and I used to be a worship leader, so it's baffling, is that some of these leadership conferences I'd go to or church conferences, the worship is uh, the least engaged atmosphere that I've been in for a while. Hmm. You know, I'll be at my church, and, you know, our church knows how to worship. I mean, they're um, not that this is great skill, you just kind of got to respond, but at um, at some leadership conferences you go to, and it it really just, um, you can just feel the, uh, and it's natural, people are looking and seeing what's going on, you know, trying to decide if it's good or not, and trying to evaluate whether they should uh, reenact what they're seeing or not, you know, they're all just kind of evaluating, but and it's just an, it's an awkward, uh, I think sometimes it can get a little awkward in that way, but at leadership conference, for whatever reason, I think people are just ready to worship God. So, yeah. the worship our team our team would say that some of the most powerful, engaging times of worship is during the leadership conference, which I think is unique for a conference like that. That's super cool, man. Now, this is a conference you do every year, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, we do it every every year. Now, it, by the time this podcast actually airs, the conference will be over. Uh, but, uh, folks, I would encourage you to go get your tickets for next year for 2016. Um, and, 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 uh, Grant, what is the website they can go to for that? Yeah, the website's just youthamerica.org, youthamerica.org. And yeah, it would be youthamerica.com, but 
that's going to cost me like $30,000. So <laughs> youthamerica.org, there's some stingy human that's holding on to youthamerica.com. So I, I'm I, good with it. If you're listening right now and you're holding on to that domain, shame on you. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> and you know who I am. I've emailed you. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, thank you for your, I just love your transparency. You're awesome, man. Uh, what, uh, one thing, man, this, I don't probably have enough time to talk about this. You kind of glazed over the college aspect of what you do as well. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to get into just uh, maybe just like a, a couple minutes of that. Cause I yeah. know there's a lot we're wanting to talk about today, but like you said, you've got 60 full-time college students that are enrolled in this program. Give us like a, mm-hmm. a, a snapshot view of, of what they're, what they're experiencing. Yeah, so it's really a college and an internship combined, and uh, got a huge, you know we we had a conviction about starting an internship, but just recently uh, from some mentoring relationships I've had and I got exposed to, I just God really began to stir up with me the whole not just getting practical ministry, but uh, biblical instruction and in found and foundation in your knowledge of uh, Bible and theology um, to set people up really with a good good background, not just be a, a pastor one day, but to lead your family in the right way one day. Mm. Um, so so we partnered with a college here in town that's nationally accredited, and so all of our classes, um, are, it's again, it's, it's college. I mean, it's uh, it, it wouldn't be any different than attending in, uh, another private school, um, you know, but w- the whole navigating, taking an internship from a college is a very complex matter <laughs> and uh <laughs> arriving at arriving at the set of you know things of what you're comfortable with is pretty tough but we were able to negotiate things like you know some non-negotiables for me was you know i want our people teaching these classes sure uh, i don't want some random guy on a video that has no relationship or doesn't have our culture uh teaching these things because i think t- culture even comes across when you're when you're talking about old testament survey um so that was a big deal to me. And also, uh, you know, I want to choose the classes that we teach. You know, we're not, we're not really teaching basics. Uh, we're, we're teaching Bible stuff. And so anyways, they get a lot of classroom instruction and then they get, uh, they're all involved in a different, uh, practical area. So in kids ministry or youth ministry or, uh, adult ministry or whatever it may be, they rotate, you know, through those different streams and then they have the uh, option to do a second year. So then the big Super Bowl of, of youth American colleges, Youth America summer camps. So oh, yeah. that's kind of like apply what you've been learning all year long and put it into this mega freight train called summer camps. <laughs> that's super cool. Super cool. You know, one of the things I saw on your website that I love is um, that you guys say there's a growing misconception that the church is just an organization that puts on services and is a place we attend once a week. Yeah. What, Absolutely. What what is what's kind of the heart behind this? Why what why do you guys feel like this is the misconception? Yeah. You know, I just man, it's funny. I wrote that uh, probably the year we created our first website, which was you know with me leading it, which would have been four or five years ago, and I I still am preaching the same thing um, that. I just, you go to, you know, you're at, we have our youth ministries and you see youth ministries, but I think in some cases uh, we've watered down what Christianity really is to young people because maybe we're just trying to get them to behave well or we're trying to get them to stay out of trouble. 
what I think we've done to, in, in order to get them to participate, we've kind of lessened the weight of what they're actually engaging in is this actually isn't just a service you're attending and I shouldn't have to beg you just to come out for an hour and a half, whatever. No, no, you've turned your life over to Jesus, which means uh, this is now a mission that you're on for the rest of your life. Like whatever you do, whether it be sports, um, whether it be you go on to be a doctor, whatever it is, the central uh, decision-making point is how am I going to use this to build the church? How am I going to use this to uh, show the love of Jesus and spread the gospel? So I think like maybe in an effort to gather more young people, we've maybe lessened the weight of what they're signing up for. And I think that actually is less attractive for a young person. I think we make it, you know, if we make it bigger and we really show them what's in the Bible about the church, uh, I think that's something young people will dive into head first. Like, give me a mission I can sell my life out to. That's what I want, not just a service once a week. And uh, so we've seen a lot of young people that, that that just wakes something up. Honestly, that's the entire message of the summer camps. It's, uh, you know, you, you're a part of something way bigger than you ever dreamed of. This whole thing called the church, it's not, you know, an organization to try to make people live a little bit better. And there's one in every neighborhood. No, this yeah. is like God's way of spreading the gospel of what Jesus has done. And this is how revival will take place throughout the whole nation. You, my friend, are, you know, by sitting in that chair are enlisted in that uh, army and uh, you got to get going, wake up. So it's purpose. We're giving, yeah. them, we're giving them a purpose. Totally. Man, that's so totally. Good. So, so good. Well, so getting into some of the practical stuff that you guys do then, you, like you said, you're, you've got five campuses uh, mm-hmm. that Church of the Harvest has. Um, you're, the, you're the lead pastor. You're the Youth America pastor. Um, mm-hmm. You help oversee the student ministry of your church. Um, right. So with that, like practically speaking, what is your, what's your team structure? Because obviously you can't preach at five campuses unless you're doing video. Um, right. So what, what's kind of the structure of your team? Yeah, so um, we don't yeah, we don't do video because we we're not I don't know maybe not smart enough for that but we uh, we have five different campuses and at each campus we've got uh, a youth pastor that's planted there um, now they may be hired or they might be volunteer but they would be seen as the youth pastor that's there um, so really when I come through it's it's more of a uh, um, you know, an, an oversight to them. The, the youth ministry would know who I am, but they would know, you know, they have a youth pastor, but when Grant comes in, it's kind of like, I guess you could say, Dad, I'm 30 now, so um, <laughs> it's like Dad's coming in, whatever. But so, and they, the youth pastors, they'll do uh, most of the preaching aside when I come in or my wife comes in to preach. And uh, so, yeah, we've got five different campuses. We meet um, at least once a week, strategy with the youth pastors and what we're doing and what we're going to talk about and, uh, you know, how we're going to reach some, reach more people. But that's, that's kind of the setup. It's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty simple. Yeah. So, so you, you're kind of the global youth pastor and then you've got guys that are in on the local levels. Um, yeah. Even though I hate that, I don't like that term. I don't know if I should say that. Hey, no, man, say what you need to say. I just never like, that's just funny to me. I even like saying, I don't I'm even timid to say that Youth America is a national youth ministry. I just think it's, I think people love love those titles sometimes, but I don't know. Yeah, there's not really, there's, there's no other countries involved, so I'm, 
I'm the I'm the Church of the Harvest Youth Pastor, bro. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So there you're you the go. you're the Church of the Harvest Youth Pastor, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I know what you're saying though. Yeah, I know yeah. it makes more sense. No, no, it's totally cool. Uh, I, I I respect your humility. Um, so mm. with the with the other campuses, are most of them in or around Oklahoma City? Yeah. So there's uh there's uh two that are about um, twenty minutes away, twenty five minutes away. But they would feel like they're different, totally different communities. Um, and then one that's about forty-five minutes t- uh, to an hour away, and another one that's about an hour and a half away. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so you help oversee. Do you have a team then that works with you, or is it it's you, and then you've got five guys or five people that yeah. work with you? Okay, so Youth America in general, I've got my uh, brother-in-law Chandler, who is our uh, communications director for all of Youth America. Now, yeah. Actually, this is this is kind of aside from the local youth ministry, but I've got uh, Chandler, and he is, I mean, he's kind of our, our number two, and he's uh, probably more people know him than they do me. I mean, he's just, he's awesome. He's a friend of every youth pastor. But yeah. then we've got um, this guy named Louie, who is uh, basically, we, we just call him the Holy Spirit. He's uh He's such a gift, um, but he is um, uh, our operations director that handles everything from the annual, you know, the the budget side of things to logistics. I mean, we own a stinking campground. Yeah. So many people want to do all these things, and you don't realize. Wait a minute, I have to, I don't have to worry about like replacing toilets and the life, you know, the longevity <laughs> of a life of a, you know, some kind of pipe somewhere. Anyways, but and then um, I've got an uh, an assistant. Um, who helps, and she will help more uh, organize the local side of things. Um, she'll be more involved there with me. The other two, Louie and Chandler, are pretty have pretty much 100% focused on the uh, national side, if you will, um, and uh, she'll help with the, the local side. But yeah, these guys do most of the work with their youth ministries. I mean, I'm, I'm just given direction, vision, yeah. plans, and these guys go to work and yeah. do their thing. So. Very cool. So with that, then, what, what would you say if you could say, hey, here's one, two, maybe three things that we'd say, these are the pillars of our youth ministry. These are the pillars of, of Youth America. Uh, yeah. What, what are some of those things for you? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a big question. It is a big question. You know, when, I, when I think pillars, I'm tempted to either think, what do we do good or like, what what is it about our culture that kind of makes us who we are? And that's maybe more more where I want to answer the question. You know, the pillars. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. Let me just talk here. I think I think we do a very good job influencing schools. Um, really, I think that um, yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of what we do. Because uh, for me, I just cannot get over the fact that they're all there. <laughs> it's like you know, if you were to pray this prayer, God, can you just grant me this perfect wish? Can you gather all the teenagers of the entire city in one place at one time, please, so that I can reach them all? And then the answers will be other at school. <laughs> I can't get over that. Yeah. So I'm, uh, we're just pretty obsessive about getting onto school campuses as far as they'll let us go. Um, and so I think we have a we influence schools. Uh, that's a big deal. Our Oklahoma City campus, uh, the Oklahoma City school system is uh, struggling, and um, there's a lot of kids in the public school system that uh, 
uh, huge, va- I don't, I don't want to quote all the percentages, but an extremely high percentage that are under the poverty line. So these schools um, have a lot of need. And here's what, here's what I've noticed is that, well, well, I guess I'll say it better this way. Here's what God told me to go where the doors open. So initially when I want to reach a school, it's like, Hey, let's go to that school that it's got all these kids. They've all got cars and they've all, you know, it's like these ideal, you know, whatever, but God's like, well, go where the doors open. Like every church is there Mm -hmm. and it's tough to get into those schools, but let me tell you where the doors wide open. It's where churches are afraid of going to because of how the rough reputation and it's the schools that are just, uh, you know, that desperately need help. Now I sit down with a principal with a school like that. Um, and they're, they're not even listening to the logistics. They're just asking, are you here to help? And I'm like, yeah, we're, we're here to help, and they're saying, then just fine, do do whatever. So we've had major success in those schools. We do something called Youth America uh, School Clubs, and we run Bible clubs. Right now we're running Bible clubs in four schools, and uh, the turnout, and again, these are all schools in the Oklahoma City Public School District that uh, that have extreme dire uh, situations, and, and the poverty situation is, is not good. But... Um, we're there and we're seeing, you know, I don't see the numbers every week, but uh, last week we had 801 students that were a part of our clubs there and wow. the schools. So massive participation in that. Um, and that's, we, we don't do a school assembly or nothing like that. We want our ultimate goal is relationships. So we bring kids in and the school will let us use the gym or, or some part of, you know, some hall or whatever it is. And we'll set up a bunch of chairs and do small groups. Wow. And base it off base it off a of verse in scripture, and we've got twelve students each, so we'll have about you know, fifteen to twenty different circles meeting at once during their lunch hour. We bring in some pizza, got some guys in the church that raise money for it. But that's just that's one example now. In different communities, it's a little tighter, and what we're allowed to do in schools might be less. But that doesn't mean we don't do anything. Uh, we do as much as we possibly can to get in their school because I think ultimately they've got like three worlds: they've got their home world, their school world, and their church world. And our goal would be to be invested in all three. And I think we've really got them won over if we can do that. So with these, with getting in the schools and mm-hmm. all the small groups that are taking place, you're talking about 800 yep. students, a little over 800 yep. students that are involved in four schools. Mm-hmm. That's pretty incredible. Is this done through volunteers or is it just staff that's in there making this happen? It's a combination of uh, volunteer leaders and our uh, Youth America College students uh, that come in, because it's important to me there's two people per group, um, one that's more leading the discussion and more, one that's kind of uh, helping just assist and making sure things are going well. They take attendance and do all this kind of stuff. And, uh, we, you know, we don't want kids just eating pizza and leaving, so we make them actually sit down and engage in discussion before we then we bring just enough pizza. And so it's it's kind of a little system to where if they came for food, they'd come for about one week and realize, man, I really got to actually be involved to get the food. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's really been a miracle of, of God and uh, what's happening there. And we've been in one school for uh, uh, for five. This is another one of those things that, God just spoke a lot the first year I took over these things. Uh, I took them, I took over all these things at, at once. Well, well, I mean, it was just the summer camps and the local youth ministry at first, but we expanded these different things all within a, a year, and God just spoke wow. a lot. But he was, fa- he was faithful f- with all of them. 
Um, it wasn't an overstretching. It was like, it's time to do all this, so let's do it. And obviously when God calls you to do something, he's going to supply. So we've been in one school for about five years now, and we hung the moon to that school because we keep showing up. You know, every Tuesday, uh, we just don't go away. Every Tuesday, we're there, and we keep seeing massive numbers uh, turn up and, and some incredible stories. Man, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so the school visits are a huge deal for you. Is there anything else mm-hmm. you would attribute, uh, just some real practical stuff that folks can do? Yeah, I think um, we are pretty obsessed with just excellence. And, you know, I think that uh, some people think excellence is, you know, running a service that looks like a big church or some church they've seen or they went a conference they went to when, when really excellence is just, I mean, you know this, it's whatever you've got do it the best to your ability. So I think we're really, really good at taking whatever environment we have and and making it as excellent as possible. Um, One of the things that is my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when even with our youth pastors, they'll say, hey, let's start this or let's start a leadership meeting or let's start this. And they'll say, well, only four people showed up, so we should cancel it. And I'm like, well, four people showed up, which means there's four people that are interested. Like, you should take those four people, and what did you do? And likely what people do is only four people showed up, so we just kind of sat around and didn't really do much, and then I think we should cancel it next week. Well, the only way you're going to grow something is if something's good. So if you make take those four people and make it amazing with those four people, then they'll begin to spread the word, rather than being disappointed from a turnout and turning it into just, you know, whatever. And that's kind of a little side note, but that's really good. So school visits, excellence. Was there anything else you were going to throw in there? Yeah, I would just say, I tell this to our youth pastors all the time, that what's much more impressive to me is not seeing a picture on Instagram of the crowd uh, that you preach to or the size of the crowd. The most impressive pictures to me are you at 6 a.m. Uh, with a couple of students before uh, school having breakfast with them or after school, seeing our leader, volunteer leaders, seeing pictures on Instagram of a volunteer leader that's with two or three students that they went themselves, used their own gas money, picked up from their homes, and are having coffee with them like that. I'm like, that's that's really the big, uh, the big win here. And so when I see that, uh, it's huge. And I think we've cultivated um, a lot of leaders that are willing to go to that length. So I think that's a, man, we'd love to just be involved in, again, more than just put on services. It kind of comes back to the whole thing. We're not just attending something, but we want to be involved in, in students' lives and really make an impact. And one of the reasons I push that so hard is I think about me in youth ministry. And dude, I can't, I, I don't know that I could tell you, but a handful of, maybe a handful of messages that have stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you the names of leaders and specific moments where they sat down with me at different times, took me to coffee or had a conversation that literally changed the course of my life. So we pushed that so hard. Yeah, let's do service. Let's do this. But you guys have a way bigger voice in their life when it's you and two of them versus me and however many of them uh, from a microphone. So we try to empower our leaders and say, you know, the real life change. That's I, mean, I don't want to undermine the preaching of the gospel and the preaching uh, that we do on stage and all of that. That's all incredibly powerful. But, uh, man, what you could a conversation you could have uh, with, with a student is, is massive. That's why we, man, we still encourage like crazy. We pick up kids with our own cars. I, I know that maybe you shouldn't do that or there'd be some churches with policies against it or whatever, but... I still love it. It's a little old school, and we just, uh, I mean, I, when I, 
was at our one of our campuses. I was there for uh, two or three years just solely. I was kind of the youth pastor there. I picked up kids myself, like, and I was preaching every week. I'd load up my SUV with six to seven kids every single week. First of all, because I don't think you should promote anything you're not willing to do yourself yeah. uh, and pioneer for a season. Yeah. Um, so there was that, but it was the most fun times. Like, I couldn't wait to pick them up. I especially couldn't wait to get done with church and then take them home because we'd have a blast. Most of the memories that I preach about um, are taking these kids home. And it's funny, the last kid, you know, it always varies who you take home last, but that there's like this God conversation that's been waiting to happen. And yeah. it took you picking them up from football practice, sitting through all of service, cutting up with their friends afterwards, them being crazy, going and dropping off three friends, and then you finally ending up at their house and their driveway. And that's when the doors open to have the God conversation. So sometimes it just takes all that. You can't belittle these small moments, though, but... I don't know, I'm kind of off on a rabbit trail here, I feel like. Not at all, man. I love what you said just a second ago about um, the impact that a, a small group leader or a leader is going to have on two or three kids is going to be so much more than the impact <laughs> that the guy on the stage is going to have. And I agree with you. We're not. I'm, I know you're not diminishing the preaching of the Word, but you're, you're spot on, man. And yep. that, that, leads, that leads right into um, one of the things you— the, another thing from your site is that 80% of church of churched— 80% of churched young people plan to leave the church upon graduating high school. Mm-hmm. Man, what, what, do we, what do we need to do to fix this? Right. You know, um, I think it starts when they're young. It starts, you know, even, even honestly, fifth, sixth grade, even younger than that, however young we can start preaching this. But the whole idea that, man, this is not a— a moral thing that you're doing by just coming to church and checking it off the list of your calendar for the week. Like that is so disgustingly cheapening what's in the Bible about the church. I mean, there is no church that we attend. Like we, you are the church. That's the biggest wake up to people is like, this isn't just an organization you attend. No, no, no. You are the church, uh, wherever you go all the time, a hundred percent of the time. So attending church, it's like, dude, show up so that you can be equipped to really get in the game when you leave uh, this building. So I think it's preaching that message from an early age so that when we do have students that are ready to graduate, what their whole uh, structure of thinking is, I've got to build a church. That's the one thing I know I have to do. So what else am I going to do? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to start a uh, work a job? Am I going to go this career path? Whatever it's going to do. But aside from all of that, I know, number one, I got to build a church with my life. Like, that's what my life is here for. And um, so, you know, that's why I'm on the planet right now. That's why there's this window of opportunity we have, uh, you know, to reach as many people as we can. So I think it's all through high school preaching that message. So when it gets ready for them to make the decision of where they're going to do, where they're going to go, what they're going to do with the ne- their next set of years in college and in the next set of their career, it's so ingrained in them that uh, whatever I decide, number one has to be uh, Jesus. You know, I, I've, I've heard this and I can't quite quote, give somebody credit because it's probably been a long time ago, but you know, we tell our, our young people a lot that, you know, you probably have priority lists and a lot of people probably told you to put Jesus at the top which is good. You know, we think, you know, put your relationship with Jesus at the top, your priority list. And then next, you know, maybe put your family and uh, after that, maybe your career and after that hobbies or however you want to order it. But you, you know, we tell students, you should take that 
list, that list and just rip it up to shreds and get a new piece of paper and write the name of Jesus at the center of it and circle it. And everything else is outside of that. And every single other decision you make is attached to that. Mm. Where you're going to go to have whatever career you're going to have is going to be because you're thinking Jesus and building his church. That's the first agenda. And uh, everything, every decision outside of that, it all comes back to that. Jesus, I just don't, we, we say this to him, I know I'm kind of getting a little preachy, but he just doesn't belong on a list. Yeah. He's, he's the middle of everything. Uh, there's a scripture in, in uh, Ephesians that talks about uh, the Message Bible. He talk about, talks about, you know, Jesus is he's king over the galaxies and governments, and no name, no power, is exempt from his rule. And it says, at the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. So it makes sense to me that if God runs the universe with Christ and the church, the mission of the church at the center of it all, that we ought to run our lives that way. And uh, so I think us preaching that message relentlessly to people uh, when we've got them in the building, when we have those uh, moments of, of influence with them, then we can help hopefully change that trend. And at the same time, we've got to be reaching young adults. You know, part of this Youth America College is... Uh, trying to grab as many of these young adults as we can and get them rooted in uh, the Word and rooted in loving the local church so they can begin to, you know, uh, set an example. Um, so, but anyways, and I also love seeing young adults get involved uh, with youth ministry. That really is our youth ministry team, is young adults. So that's a, another huge part of how we engage young adults is, like, take some responsibility on. And I know there's there's a lot of great young adult ministries we don't really have a young adult ministry. Um, we've got some small groups that would be young adult focused, but my my bigger thing is, man, get involved in youth ministry and use this time again to be building the the life of a, a student. It's like take on some responsibility um, in that age. Let's not just have a service together. But anyways, man, I could not agree more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> get them plugged in. Give them some ownership in the church. Get them locked yeah, into totally. this thing. Oh, that's so good. Totally. Well, I, I think too. It's young adults, there's this just surge of independence, and uh, I think churches sometimes just don't do a very good job at listening and uh, hearing out what their dreams might be, their ideas might be, um, you know, and I I tell people um, a lot that, you know, as a leader, a leader in a young person's life, the most if you want to reach a young person, and I'm talking high school, college age, if you want to reach a young person, uh, man, forget dressing cool, forget talking cool, forget all that. The most unique characteristic that we have that the, that that the world doesn't have, obviously aside from Jesus, is just the ability and the willingness to listen. Mm. And I think that strikes people, that strikes young people. All I've been doing my whole life is hearing people teach me what to do, but you're willing to listen to me? And I think that throws them off. And that's why we have 800 kids in a, in public schools showing up every single week consistently because we sit down and we listen. Wow. And they don't get that. Um, so I think listening is is a huge part. I, there was one year, a couple of years ago, I came back to our team after we took a vacation. I said, the one big thing God told me this year was we just got to do a whole lot more listening to these young people because there's no outlet where they're able to just talk and that someone uh, that loves them and that's older than them and that can uh, hear them and validate them is just sitting down and saying, you're worth it enough for me to just sit here and listen to you. So 
I think that's a huge piece of influence that we have and we don't utilize enough. Man, that's so good. That is really, really good. Um, kind of jumping over here into uh, gauging if you're, how you know if your team is winning or not. Well, I, I know you mentioned earlier on um, about the you, pref- you you would much rather see a picture of six o'clock in the morning they're taking some kids out to breakfast or having some coffee rather than like oh yeah the service was awesome or this this element in the service was really cool um, yeah what are what are some of the things you gauge so that your team knows hey we're succeeding here right man. That is a a great question because there are so many ways to look to look at it. There are, uh, you know, I think within anything I can look at and I can tell you about uh, a ton of different wins that we could be having at any given moment with any given team. Like, I think a win is you know a step forward anywhere. You know, yeah. I know our our youth pastors and I know uh, what I what I believe that they're journey and maturing and becoming a better youth pastor and becoming a really a person that's more in love with Jesus and uh, whatever it might be, a better husband, whatever, a better mentor. You know, I, I know what that, I've got an idea of what, you know, should be their next steps. And, and me seeing that is, uh, it's, these, it's really these little wins. I, I, we don't have like a, and dude, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but we don't really have this mega uh, statement that defines our win, uh, that, you know, is just one big thing. Because I don't know, sometimes I think that, you know, if we just look at a, another ministry that's huge and or we make some statement that we want to have this many students or we want to do this, then sometimes that uh, you build something up so mega and then you realize over and over, day after day, that you're not that, that at some point that, that big mission statement becomes kind of demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than that, you know, Let's let's look at small wins here and there. And I know you have the big idea in, in, in your head and all of this, and you dream big dreams. But, again, that's why I say I look more for little things. I really – and the older I get, the more I do this. I look more for uh, – you know, when I walk into a service, are the leaders um, – you know, are they are they up front in worship? Uh, are they modeling? Uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is I walk into a youth service because I get the opportunity to preach different youth ministries around the country. And – uh, biggest pet peeve is, you know, you got all these leaders standing in the back, and then you've got a bunch of students worshiping, and then you've got the whole team afterwards complaining that your students don't worship. And it's like, well, how are they going to know how to worship if you're not modeling it? Like, you're the leader, you're the model, so get up front and get in the mix and show them how to worship. You know, we want students taking notes. Well, then why aren't our leaders taking notes? Mm. How, why, why would they know how to? You know, it's like leaders set the tone for everything. So I look for little things. Uh you know, this a girl that I know is uh, wanting to be a leader, be bought in. If I see a note or I see a journal in her hands, I see her up front worshiping with the students. I'm like, that's a huge win. Hmm. Our leaders are, are building the kind of culture, you know, that we want. You know, we have a, a student the other day. I was at a, a funeral at one of our campuses. Uh, it was actually up in Stillwater. A, there's a big, uh, they've got OSU you know, the university up there. Mm-hmm. We've got a kid from our Oklahoma City campus that went to one of these schools where we do school clubs, and it's a really rough, I mean, a rough school. But I saw him, I went I went to this funeral, and they were doing some worship, a worship song at the beginning, and uh, he's up there on stage singing as, a, as one of the background vocals, just serving. 
probably a guy that he didn't know, and he's just serving the church, uh, just doing what he's asked, and he's plugged into the church there, and he's going to going to school there. It's like that's beautiful to see this high schooler that probably had an extremely different uh, course of life ahead of him, but now he's he's in college and he's plugged into the church, uh, which is probably more important than even school is to him. So that's a win for me. I mean, you know, with Youth America, we it's like we're, we've seen massive increases in camp numbers, but I've said from day one, it's not camp numbers that really get me excited. It's youth pastors saying my youth ministry is growing and my students are changing. And it's through the year that, uh, hey, what happened at camp was literally just it was just a little awakening that sparked something, and our church is growing, and our, our whole church culture is changing because our young people are so excited about what God's doing. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot bigger than, than numbers. I mean, I don't know. Man, I'm, I feel like I'm just blabbing here. Not at all, man. This is incredible. Um, you, can oh. pre- you can preach anytime on the Creative Sheet Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I hope I'm not boring too many people. But anyway. No, man. This is, this is some really, really good stuff. Uh, man... I, oh, I, man, you've 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 unpacked some really great stuff here. I, I think the best step from here is just like if people want to get in touch with you. I know you mentioned you travel around, you do some speaking. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about it? Oh, geez, um, I would say you know our website, youthamerica.org. dot uh, You go there, and there'll be different ways to uh, contact us. And then if you want to email somebody, I hate how impersonal this is, but info at youthamerica.org. I don't know why that's another pet peeve. I hate those kind of email addresses. But info at youthamerica.org. Um, you could email uh, for some information. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, Dude, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And seriously, anytime you want to get your preach on, um, you are <laughs> welcome here on the, on the Creative Sheet Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. It's, it's been fun. Hey, thanks everybody for listening uh, to this this episode of the Creative Sheet Podcast. In fact, thank you for 2015. This has been our best year yet on the show. Uh, we've seen a lot of growth getting in front of more and more leaders every single episode. So uh, share it, subscribe to it, review it. We would love to hear from you. Join the conversation on social media. It's simply at creative underscore sheep or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to hit us up. And Roman, closing out this Christmas episode. Yes. Like you said, our inaugural Christmas episode. That's right. Uh, any final closing thoughts mm. for the year of 2015? You know, Jared, I just, I just love everything about Christmas. You know, all the Christmas lights, driving with my family through you know, rows and rows of houses decorated with lights, trees strung up everywhere, lights hanging. I love all of the presents and all of the good cheer. Cookies, I love making Christmas cookies. You bake a little sugar cookie, roll out, roll out the dough. Use your little Christmas cutters, cook them all, cook, you know, cut them all up. You get that ba- bacon, mmm, smells delicious. Get them out of there, put some icing all up on them, and then you make your little decorations. Ugh, oh, you know what? And that takes me right to Christmas cocoa. Swissmas is probably my favorite.